No, good Saturday morning to you, Christian Gokel. Glad to have you alongside here on ESPN Radio as we recap a huge night of high school football all around South Georgia. You had Ware County traveling up to Savannah to take on Benedictine in the return trip uh, from Ware County's win back in 2020. And, of course, the city championship, and that's where we have to start right off the bat with the winning head coach from Brunswick High, Sean Pender, two years in a row, two classic games back-to-back. Coach, we really appreciate you taking the time this morning. I appreciate you having me on, Christian. Uh, Coach, four straight years of one-score football. Uh, You guys are two and two in the past four years. This rivalry is about as even as it gets, but it has to feel good waking up, knowing for another 365 days the city of Brunswick is blue. Absolutely. You know, this game is always a a passionate game. It's always a game uh, full of high emotions and, you always get uh, the absolute best of both teams. I mean, the atmosphere is electric. Uh, it's just what you asked for in high school football. Again, an overtime win, a game-winning field goal there in overtime, Coach. Uh, but just with this rivalry, man, it's about uh, as beautiful as a rivalry gets, right? It's red versus blue. It's a city. It's schools that are separated by about three miles. You've been around high school football. You've been around big-time college football where does this rivalry stack up for you and your experience? Uh, high school football um, is one of the best uh, that I've been a part of, if, if not the best. I know like the Wintersville Classic in Valdosta and Lowndes is always really huge. But when you go back to the history and you watch it, like, um, I didn't even realize how even this, this is. This game is separated by two over 70 like 76, 78 games played between the two schools. The win-loss record is only by, I think Brunswick's now up uh, two games on them. It's incredible as far as uh, it's what a rivalry is. It's, it's the definition of it. Hey, Coach, 17-14 to 14 win over time, and uh, you kind of talking about it there in your post-game interview with Kevin Price with Glenn County Athletics. It Maybe, according to you, shouldn't have been that close, just some, some mistakes down the line and not able to put Glenn Academy to bed, and you know – uh, with a Rocky Hidalgo coach team, if you make too many mistakes down the line, eventually they're going to play catch-up. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you go back to some of the teams that he's coached. Um, the the Richmond Hill game, for example, last year, this is what I had a feel to me. Richmond Hill was dominating people, playing really good. Their offense scoring a lot of points. But they didn't score any offensive touchdowns in that game, and neither team. And, his, and, and, and they won. I mean, it's not the first time that Glenn has been in a position where they didn't have to score an offensive touchdown to win by playing great defense and playing great special teams and not making mistakes on, on offense. And we knew that's what we were up against, and we knew we had to play a really good, solid game. We had to control uh, the clock and try to control the momentum, uh, not give up big plays. Of course, they got, a, they got one big play on us. Um, but besides that, you know, we, I think we did a good job of managing it. The only thing that we... We, we really lacked, uh, Christian, was we had a lot of penalties uh, against us, like kill drives. I'm you know, watching game film as we speak, and um, we had a ton of first downs. Um, one of them, you know, right there in the overtime, we have a long game into the one that we get uh, a call that I'm still trying to figure out where the call came from. I, I still haven't found it yet, and I'm watching end zone views. I'm watching other ones, but it was just so many calls that kill drives for us. That, you know, and there's calls, Christian, can go either way. I, you know, I guess they could. But I just don't, I don't see a lot of what was, what was seen 
out there, and um, yeah, that um, that killed a lot of our drives. Uh, was playing from behind the sticks because of penalties. And coach, a lot earlier in the year than this game is typically played, and the first region game for both of those teams. And you mentioned the penalties, a bunch of false starts. I, I know reading about it, both of you guys, you and Rocky, commenting about just the, the boneheaded mistakes, the five-yard penalties that, yeah, they're five yards at the time, but then the situations they're in where you're on the goal line or you're trying to pick up a first down, just just false starts and stuff you can control pre-snap really got both teams. Well, actually, that got more his team than ours. Yeah. Um, it was uh, false starts for him. It was big plays that could be called back for us. There was a lot of holding calls. That, that were happened on us. Um, you know, we got a holding call on a trap. I don't know how that's possible. But <laughs> a holding call on a trap that um, brought back a big play. We we had uh, some sweeps, some quick screens uh, that went for really big yardage, um, and then some things that were obvious, like we had some block in the backs and stuff like that on special teams. We had a, a special team punt return that was an amazing punt return, and then we had a uh, there was an offset penalties on it. He had a false start, and I had a hit in the back, and they re-kicked it, and then we muffed the punt. The next yeah. they got the ball back. And, you know, it's just stuff like that. You know, just um, all the hitting yardage that we had that were or really don't have because of penalties, that's the stuff that we got to make sure uh, that we don't happen again. And, and that's, you know, that's one of the reasons why um, it was as tight as it was. Well, you mentioned that play, uh, the, the muff punt turns into a touchdown for Glen Academy. Uh, and that they tie it up with a two-point conversion, and you go to overtime. Uh, your defense, the stand that they made, again, just the emotional whirlwind that is that game. I remember last year standing on the sideline where Glenn Academy scores on a reverse pass back to their running back. Uh, Caden Hutchinson, I believe, caught that pass, and then flip it over, and you guys score a touchdown. And just the emotional roller coaster of that game. For your defense to stand up and make a goal line stand the way that they did, dealing with those emotions, what did that mean to you watching that on the sideline? Oh, I mean, it's, it's awesome. But, you know, that's our defense. They do that. I mean, they really do. They they uh, get after it, and they play really physical. And we practice every Monday, matter of fact. Um, it's a, it's our tempo center that we do. We put ourselves in goal line situations, offense and defense, and we go best off best. And um, we, you know, you got one play to score. You got one play to score from the 10. You got one play to score from the 5, one from the 3, one from the 1. And we keep repeating that process and uh sure enough uh repeating that process and doing that stuff paid off and our defense was ready when their back was against the wall and great defensive stance uh team-wise but it was led by Keyshawn Thomas uh, uh making that making that stop hey coach then you guys get the stop and you just have to score you got a sophomore there and I know nothing makes a coach more nervous in the kicking game because just so many things can go wrong but McLean Finneran goes out there hits the game-winning field goal for you guys in the city championship. I mean, for a sophomore in Brunswick, Georgia, it, it literally doesn't get bigger than that. Oh, absolutely. I'm so proud of that kid. But, you know, he, he without hesitation, and you just saw it, without hesitation when, when it was four, when we, he knew that we were going to set up, I told him he had the field goal team ready. We were going to run and get it on the hash. I knew he was going to be comfortable kicking from where he made a field goal once before, almost – and, and about the same area, and um, you know we uh, we we got set up right there, and he would, he went out with straight um, confidence, and then they called the timeout, um, and I you know put him out there said hey go go do your thing get ready to rock and roll you got this, and he went out there and he just believed that he was going to get it done, 
and the team believed in him. And again, we do a, a little circuit in practice that that puts him in that situation right there. And he he nails it in practice, and he brought it to the game, and he he nailed it in the game. And I'll tell you this, Christian, too. I don't know of another young man that works as hard as that kid does on his craft. So this is definitely a thing, uh, one of those things where hard work pays off. Well, I was going to say, a lot of fans in the stands may be thinking, and this goes for everything, your, your third down decisions, your punting decisions, everything, those decisions are made on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. They're not inherently made on Friday night. So that faith you had in him is something that you've seen developed over the past couple of years. Well, yeah, especially with the way that kids worked. And, yeah, not just not just during practices, but in the offseason as well. This kid works his, his butt off, and I don't mind at all putting him in a pressure situation as long as the kick is in his range. Again, catching up with Sean Pender here. They take down Glen Academy 17-14, to uh, second straight year. The Pirates are claiming the city championship trophy. Third year in a row this game has been decided by three points, just an instant classic. Coach, before we let you go, let you get about your weekend, man. Uh, I'm glad I'm talking to you. It's the first time I've had a chance to talk to you this season, uh, just filling in for PJ this morning. But I was in Birmingham for SEC Media Days. I got a chance to sit down uh, with your old coach, Mike Leach, and we actually ended up bringing you up, talking about your Valdosta State days. And he had some things to say. He said, you're the most intense player on the team, but maybe the best player on the team. Well, I appreciate those words from from uh, Coach Coach Leach, he's a great guy. He was a great mentor. Um, yeah, we had some. We have some great uh, stories back and forth. Uh, him and I, and I know he has that with a lot of his players. He's just a definition of a player's coach. And um, as, as quirky he may come across, he is a, a brilliant, a brilliant mind and a, an awesome motivator. Uh, awesome catching up with him. And, Coach, we appreciate you taking the time this morning. Enjoy the championship, man, 364 days until we get to do it again. Absolutely. Uh, you take care, Christian. Again, Sean Pender, kind enough to join us here on the High School Sports Roundup. When we come back, we'll get you some scores from around the counties uh, and just some big-time football games. Again, Benedictine got a big 49-42 win over Ware County. We'll dive into that one with the head coach of Benedict and Danny Britt when we come back right here on the High School Sports Roundup. Welcome back into the High School Sports Roundup right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel filling in for PJ Zuko this morning. Glad to have y'all hanging out as we get ready for a big day of college football while we recap what was a huge night of high school football around the state of Georgia. We still had some big non-region games going on and the start of region play for a lot of teams. A few quick scores for you. We'll get a full scoreboard coming up for you a little bit later in the show. Again, Brunswick takes down Glen Academy 17-14 to in overtime. Third straight year that that has been a three-point game. You had Pierce 17 to nothing over Fitzgerald. Pierce County gave up one first down in that game. Quilquit 53-7 to over Northside Warner Roblins. Appling takes down Wayne 41-7. to Coffee. 10 to 7 over Camden in a slugfest there down in Camden County. Again, we'll get you a full scoreboard update, but another and maybe just the most absurd scoreline and, and box score and stat lines that you'll see from Friday night. Benedictine at home against Ware County takes down the Gators 49 to 42 in a back and forth affair. And to break it down with us, the head football coach from the Benedictine Cadets, Danny Britt. Coach, thanks for getting up early with us. Christian, yeah, no problem. I appreciate it, brother. Hey, Coach, as I mentioned, man, just a crazy back-and-forth affair, and 
I, I want to start here because I think it pretty much sums up the game as best we can. The first two minutes of the second half had three turnovers and two touchdowns, man. It was just, it was that kind of football game. Yeah, it definitely was. And you know, what's so funny is, is uh, as I'm, you know, up through the night and early this morning, kind of, kind of looking through social media and, and, and a lot of people that were at the game uh, were talking about how well the defense played. And then everybody else is going, how in the world can a score be 49 to 42? And you talk about the defense playing well, but it truly did. Uh, I felt like the defense really, really played well. And, and part of that's because you're playing such an incredible football team. They're going to score points. It, it, we knew that it's 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 uh, it's like keeping a prize fighter from getting his shots. They're going to get them. Well, you mentioned it there, coach. You have two guys that are going to be playing Division One football, and if all the rumors are true about UCF and the Big Twelve, you have two quarterbacks that are going to be playing for Power Five teams, uh, going head to head. Seniors, guys that have been doing it for a long time, guys that actually used to be uh, teammates on a seven on seven team. So you knew coming into this when it had all the makings of an instant classic. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I kind of I kept expressing that to my kids all week. Is you know, this is going to be, and I kept just making the analogy with a you know a boxing, you know, a, a huge uh, you know heavyweight uh, championship type game, and and that's what it ended up being, and, and just exchanging blows, and who could take take that blow and then come back and counterpunch, and and that's what we felt like we did. And for as outstanding as Thomas Castellanos was for them, he did have the three interceptions, and uh, I want to dive into that here with you in a second. Uh, I think the guy that gave you the biggest problems was big number five back there, Cartavius Norton, the running back. He's listed at 5'11", 210 pounds for the Caters, but that is a large human being that's moving that fast. You know, there's a difference. Um, You know, actually I heard Jason on a a radio show, and he said he's 6'215 now. Uh, he's grown, which I believe that. But, you know, you could say that he and I are the same size. I I, I could be, we'll call me 5'11 and 210 pounds. Uh, but the way he is built is completely different than uh, than the normal human being. That just really had a big night on the ground. But, Coach, I thought the impressive thing that your defense was able to do, and you can kind of see it, not just the players, but the coaches trying to fill out the offense in the first half, was – there was, there'd be a big play, but it really wasn't that backbreaker play, right? It was, for the most part, the drives that Ware County, where they were able to score, they had to drive the football. I think really one drive, the long I think 65-yard touchdown run, was the only big play like that. For the most part, you guys were able to keep them in front of you and, and wrap up and make tackles. Yeah, definitely, and that, that was another big, big part of the, the plan uh, you know, we watching film, they just had all these, you know, just really huge plays. And, and again, we kept saying they're going to get, they're too good. You're not going to completely shut out a, a team like this. So you're going to get them. You're going to have to just make them earn everything. And yeah, he, he busted off the big run and, uh, but you know, make them drive. And therefore the, the more you plays, you can make them have to have to earn it. Then the more opportunity we have to, to make, get turnovers. Again, we're catching up with Danny Britt, head football coach of Benedictine. They take down Ware County 49-42 last night in Memorial Stadium in Savannah. And, Coach, it seemed like you guys went to more of a zone look on defense in the second half and able to get two interceptions on the first two drives of the second half, really where it just didn't look like he ever saw the guy uh, in the area. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we, we definitely ended up playing a lot of zone, and that's typically what we do. We try to mix up the type of zones we're playing. 
and then um, and then mix in some man. But um, the uh, the first interception, uh, Justin Thomas, it, it looked like a bad throw, but it wasn't. He tr- he was trying to do the whole shot in, in our sink cover two, which is you know which is a norm. You know you, you you go between that safety and in that corner, and it, there's there's always going to be a gap there. Um, Justin Thomas did a great job of baiting uh, Castellanos. He, he, he sat on the, the, the short route and then immediately uh, fell back onto the, the hole and, and got that pick. So what people would say, oh, that was a, that was a bad decision on his part. A bad, it was a great job of, of Justin uh, understanding the defense and baiting him into that. Uh, the next one uh, with Sapp, uh, he did a great job of, of dropping on the, the hook area. And then um, he, he went, and Castellanos actually looked him off. He looked at the flats, and, and Sapp took one step there and then fell back. So there was a lot, of, a lot of gamesmanship going on there between, you know, a bunch of D1 football players, to be honest with you. Well, yeah, another D1 football player and a guy a lot of people are paying attention to, and if they weren't, they are now. Uh, holding Garner, your quarterback, committed to Auburn. And I, we were talking about this coming into this one. I, I haven't seen him play better than I have to begin this season. And maybe the stats don't indicate it, but he just he, he hasn't been missing early this season. It's just been maybe just a, a little bit of trying to shake the rust off and get the offense rolling. It, it was on full display last night. He just looked so confident, so comfortable inside this offense, getting the teams in and out of plays and six touchdowns, three through the air, three on the ground. I mean – that that looked like the culmination of four years of work. Definitely, and, and Holden last night had you know the eye of the tiger, so to speak. Uh, you could just tell it was a little bit different mindset for him. I think part of it probably was going you know head to head with Castellanos, and he you know when he ran, he was running to to score uh, last night, which a lot of times he hasn't been, and and uh you know he's been he's been running okay i'm going to pick up what i can i'll get out of bounds or whatever last night it, it was a different mindset for him and uh i'm very proud of him for that and, and the team certainly the offense but i think the entire team rallied around that and uh he did a great job uh, you know in, in everything that he was doing did you have a final uh, number on his on his passing yards or cuz i know we were talking they may, maybe had broken his own record i, I do not yet um I don't get this. Come on, from 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 one a.m. to now, you haven't been able to sit there and chart all of his passing yards. I've watched it, haven't started. <laughs> I'm about to do that right now. But Dennis Dennis Knight with Savannah Morning News said last night, and 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 honestly, Dennis and I have been doing this for a very long time, and he is never more than about ten yards off. He and he said he had four fifteen. And six touchdowns, just an incredible performance, Coach. Before we let you go, I just wanted to talk about that offensive philosophy because uh, I know. Uh, you, you guys are over there with the Brainiacs on defense just trying to come up with schemes to stop Castellanos. But more so than a scheme, it was a mindset on offense. It, it really felt like you guys just put the gas pedal to the floor and were going for it from the jump. Definitely, and, and that is uh, Coach DePhillips and, and Coach Coleman. Um, but I think our whole, you know, the whole team's philosophy was that. And, 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 and I said that, actually, that, that was what I said before the game, is that I asked the kids to just play, just go play lights out. And if you mess up, you mess up. But don't mess – don't not make a play because you're scared you may fail. Forget it. If you think you can get the pick, step in front and get the pick. And, and if, they, if you miss it and they catch it, so be it. 
Um, you know, and I said, we're going to do the same thing. I want the offensive coaches to, to make the calls to win, whatever that is, to, to, to score, score points. I want defense to sell out to go, you know, get the Castellanos. I want, you know, and I'm going to do the same thing, with, you know, going for it, uh, faking punts, onside kicking, whatever it takes, we're going to do it. Uh, and, um, you know, that's, that's just going to be our mindset. I, I, I feel like that's where our team's at, and that's, the type, that's what's going to be best to lead this team. Well, Thursday night game coming up against Burke County and then diving into region play. Coach, we appreciate you taking the time this morning. Uh, if you're in Savannah, you'll be able to hear uh, Danny Britt's show coming up on Monday. We'll dive into this game some more and look at the rest of the season. Coach, we appreciate it, man. Look forward to talking to you. Yeah, thank you, Christian. Have a great Saturday. Again, big rest of the show coming up. When we return, we'll catch up with Chris Mooneyham from 680 The Fan in Atlanta. You can hear him every Friday night on the Georgia High School Scoreboard Show. We'll dive into some scores from across the state. What are some of the big headlines? We'll get his opinion on that big Benedictine win over Ware County. All that coming up right here on the High School Sports Roundup on ESPN Radio. It is the High School Sports Roundup right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel in for PJ Zuko this morning. Glad to have you all hanging out with us here as we get ready for a big day of college football. We'll get a full scoreboard coming up for you here in the next segment. But McIntosh takes down Claxton 32-6. to uh, They're 2-0 in region play right now. Richmond Hill gets their first win of the year, 37-14 to over Bradwell. In a big rivalry game, you have Effingham 34 to nothing over South Effingham. And then on Thursday, in what was a flag fest, I believe over 20 penalties on Liberty County. Liberty gets the win 22-20 over Johnson. But I'm excited to talk to our next guest. You can hear him every Friday night right here on ESPN Radio on the Georgia High School School Board Show. I mean, every Friday but last night when you have the Braves going into rain delays out in San Diego. But joining us from 680 The Fan in Atlanta, Chris Mooneyham. Chris, thanks for getting up early with us, man. Yeah, thanks, Will Smith. You know, we yeah, it's pretty much a guaranteed if he comes in, bet the house that one's going to leave the ballpark. Well, look, we're going to find out a lot about Brian Snicker now. Uh, I, I think we thought the last couple of times uh, after he uh, had given up the uh, given up the goat to the opposing team. Look, if he goes back to Will Smith after giving up that home run last night uh, in the uh, game one of the doubleheader, quote unquote. Uh, I'm going to tell you something. I've been a big uh, Snicker uh, fan. Uh, uh, our radio station here in Atlanta, 680 The Fan, 93.7 FM. We are the flagship station for the Atlanta Braves, so all of us uh, have covered the Braves at some point or another. I'm going to tell you I've been a big defender of, of Brian's for a long time uh, while other people have come after him. But if he goes to Will Smith, uh, first thing, first uh, save opportunity moving forward, I'm going to begin to question him. Yeah, there's, there's loyalty and then there's just blind faith. And I think we're getting a little bit more towards the ladder right there. It's just, it's pretty much guaranteed whenever he comes in, he's going to give up a run. So uh, it, it's, it's been hurting my heart for a long time. Cause he, he's been saying like, Hey, you know, he's still getting the save. Well, now he's not getting the save and it's, it's hurting the team. And you got a one and a half game lead on the Philly. So that's your uh, Braves recap Braves minute here during the Georgia <laughs> high school sports roundup right here with Chris Mooneyham. You can tell we're a little bit salty uh, from last night. Cause we were all checking. I know you were checking it just like we were doing our game. Uh, we had, Benedictine in Ware County. We actually had it on both of our video feed and on our radio in Savannah. But as you're sitting up in Atlanta and you guys were talking about this game this week, how did the the result of this game kind of contrast with what you guys were talking about? I I think that boy, that's a that's a tough. It's an easy question with a bit of a tough answer because I think this this ball game was sort of an enigma. I, I don't know that anyone really had a great beat 
or bead on how this game was going to unfold. I think most people expected it to be a high-scoring game, so the final score was not a big surprise. Uh, maybe the turnovers for Castellanos was a, was a bit of a surprise. Uh, I, I made a joke during the week with one colleague uh, when I did a hit uh, in, in northeast Georgia where I said uh, he asked me about the ball game, and I said, I'll tell you what, I think the over-under on, on uh, Gariner and Castellanos' uh, total offense maybe just shy of, a thousand yards. These guys are going to have big, big ball games. Even though both teams have good defenses, uh, and, and so the offensive production not a not a big surprise. And I thought, obviously, I'm a big Benedictine guy, and, and I believed that they could win the football game. Um, what were the numbers on Justin Thomas, by the way? I'm putting you on the spot there, uh, but I haven't been able to find it. Do you know the numbers for for Justin? Uh, we just had Danny Britt on the last segment. He has not gotten the stats together yet, uh, but it, it was just a lot of. I know Zaquan Bryan went over 200 yards. On the game, Justin Thomas was just a lot of 10 yards at a time. He did have one big catch down the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised if he was around 200 yards as well. Okay, so Brian, so they were able to run on them. That's the, that's the reason I bring it up, because that's going to be a big key for Ware County moving forward uh, in this season. That'll be a big key for them, obviously, come postseason-wise uh, as well. Uh, as far as Benedictine goes, look, I think it solidifies a lot of the uh, uh, a lot of the people who have supported the cadets and said, look, they have two losses, sure. Uh, and, and their two wins were against North Oconee, who's down. Uh, Wayne County is surprisingly far, far down, uh, compared, uh, comparatively speaking, of course. But this goes a long way to showing that uh, Benedictine is still, uh, uh, in my opinion, a Tier 1 uh, state championship contender. Yeah, I think of anything, and I've talked to Jason Strickland out of where, and we talked to Danny Braid about why they schedule these kind of games, and so they can kind of figure out, because it felt like a playoff game. You, you try to figure it out now before you get into region, which – I think BC probably runs through their region, but Ware County has one of the tougher regions in the state. I think for Ware, you figured out a lot of stuff on Friday night going forward that you're going to have to use in what is a really tough region. Well, they, did, they, they, they got to, if they were giving up the rush yards that you mentioned, they're going to have to shore that up because what is Coffee's base offense? What did Warner Robbins do last night to, um, uh, uh, to Lee County? You see, that's the thing is that uh, Malcolm Brown – and the cavalcade of uh, uh, Malcolm Brown at, at Warner Robins, and then the cavalcade of running backs that they have over at Coffee. If, if Ware County struggles to stop people from running the football, they're going to be in a little bit of trouble. And I, I, look, it's the best region, in my opinion, uh, well, maybe, uh, in, in that classification, uh, just on Ware uh, for, for a quick moment. Um, I mean, whomever finishes third in that region is still going to be a, a, a deep playoff run contender. Yeah, and I, I will say this about Justin Thomas. I believe it was 200 combined. Yard, so yeah, he was able to get it done on the ground and in, and through the air, and then Zaquan Bryan mostly through the air. But Glenn, uh, from our numbers, was close to 200 yards on the ground as well. But to me, the story of that game was Gariner because he had six touchdowns, three quarterback sneaks, so you get three rushing touchdowns, but three touchdowns through the air. Uh, he breaks his own passing record uh, with over 420 yards through the air. So I mean, when you're looking at 4A, it's Jefferson and then BC, right? Indeed. I said that last night on the air. Yeah, I don't know if you had the chance to hear it, but I, I, I uttered the same phrase. Uh, I, I like Marist. I mean, Marist is Marist. Uh, we know that history tells us they'll be a quarterfinalist this year, apparently, because they are every year. Uh, I, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of Perry. Um, Perry is extremely athletic. Uh, they're not the most fundamentally sound team, but you know what they'll do to counteract that? They'll come out and they'll punch you in the mouth. Uh, they have uh, one of the best balances, if that's the broadcaster way of putting it, in that classification of being able to match you athletically and speed-wise, because there's a difference, and pop you in the mouth. 
So I think Perry could be a team that we look up at the end of the year and they're in the state semifinals. But uh, Benedictine, because of the balance offensively and defensively, I, I think, yeah, they, they, as long as they're on the opposite end of the bracket, right now uh, uh, Jefferson and Benedictine is, is my pick for the state final. All right, I want to go down 95 with you. City championship in Brunswick, an early city championship. It kind of feels like the Auburn-Georgia game where they've moved it from the end of the year uh, to the middle of the year, so it's kind of awkward when you see it come up on the schedule this early. Uh, but you have Glenn Academy, who had struggled coming into this game, just came off gotten just getting shut out by coffee, giving up 40 points at home, versus you have Brunswick coming into this game undefeated, have, have pretty much beaten the snot out of everybody they had played, and then all of a sudden you're looking down at your phone and it says Glenn Academy, Brunswick's going to overtime. That, to me, no one saw that coming. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, and, that, and that's Rocky Hidalgo. Correct, yeah. I, yeah, I've covered Rocky Hidalgo for a long, long time, and, and even when his uh, Walton teams were down. You know, I think Rocky holds one of those marks. Uh, Coach Hidalgo holds one of those marks where he's made the playoffs, I think, every year except for uh, maybe one season uh, 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 during his career, and I guess he's probably, what, a, a, a nearly a 20-year veteran now. Uh, he's a great schematics guy. He's a great um, – uh, a great guy when it comes to film and figuring out how to at least slow someone down. And so even as Glenn is, is trying to, uh, is in a pseudo-rebuild, reload type situation here, um, and not quite where they have been in the past, uh, they're still going to be good enough, and they've got a great coaching staff that can, well, they can slow down a Brunswick team. I was surprised to see it was in overtime. I actually had to get the confirmation. One report said it was a, it was a final. didn't give me overtime. The other one did. But uh, I'm not surprised that Brunswick came out with a win. I also am a fan of, of, of what they have going on over there. Uh, Ree and Jacoby, I mean, what else can you say? Uh, I, I think that Pender, by the way, I, I heard that you had Sean Pender on earlier, and I'll tell you something. Uh, I think Sean Pender is one of the top 10 most underrated head coaches in this state, without question. Yeah, I mean, South Georgia, we've kind of known about him because of what he's done mm -hmm. uh, over at Pierce County. Stetson Bennett's head coach. Uh, in high school, and then it's just it's taken a minute coming over to Brunswick, and I think a lot of that has to do with that school down the street. Glenn Academy's just been really good for the past few years. You, you mentioned it, Rocky's a heck of a coach. You have guys like DJ Dallas coming through. I mean, three straight quarterbacks for Glenn Academy have gone on to play Division One sports, two of them in football, one of them is playing outfield for Georgia right now. So, I mean, they, they've had a lot of talent come through there, but I'll say this about Brunswick. They, they're finding dudes with size, and that's why I think they have some staying power. You have Kenyatta Charlton, who's committed to Florida State, but they also have a bunch of dudes across both lines that are 300-pounders, plus three running backs that can play at any given moment. Uh, I think they have some staying power in 6A uh, that's kind of shaky this year, maybe not at the top, but from, like, I'd say, like, 3 to 10, you can pretty much shuffle those teams between each other. Were you listening to the show last I wasn't. I was listening to Rain Delay Braves baseball on the way home. No, no, I know you were because you mentioned it earlier. But you know that's exactly we're we're on the same uh, uh, the same wavelength uh, thought process uh, wise because you're right, and, and and that's something else that we talked about last night, and and, and we we had a little uh, mini debate as in there is more parity in some ways than maybe there has ever been in six A or at least in a long time because look, I mean Buford's coming off of a loss, the county loss last night. That's our uh, our two and our one. In, in our uh, poll uh, for the Georgia High School Football Scoreboard Show, you know, Carrollton lost last night. We had them at number three. I think Westlake uh, won. Uh, Langston Hughes won. They're at five. I'm just going down through the top ten. River Ridge is a really good team, but they're not great in the sixth spot. I had Brunswick in the seven. Kennesaw Mountain is a good team. Had them in the eighth spot, but they're not great. 
Uh, and then it's Douglas County and South Paulding, two teams that won last night, by the way, in the 9 and the 10 spot. So you're absolutely right. It looks like it's Lee County and Buford. And, and then maybe Westlake is on that one line with them. After Carrollton got hammered last night by Rome, and Rome is a very good team, although they're probably a year ahead of schedule, next year Rome is going to be very, very good and a true state championship contender. But right now, I, I think I agree with you. Uh, the 6A classification looks like it's three teams and then everybody else. Yeah, we're catching up with Chris Mooney, Ham 680 The Fan in Atlanta. You can hear him every Friday night right here on ESPN Radio recapping the scores from around the state. But Chris, give us some of the bigger storylines you thought you saw from around the state uh, this past Friday because I think as you get into this time of year, it's really interesting because you're finishing up non-region and you have a lot of teams, especially in the big regions, kicking off region play. Yeah, I, I think the, the biggest story had to be uh, Warner Robins gashing Lee County's defense the way they did last night. Uh, tackling became optional in that, in that second <laughs> half. Uh, for those that didn't hear the final score, Warner Robins 56, Lee County 30. 56 to 30, uh, Warner Robins, uh, uh, I want my trophy. Uh, I picked uh, Warner Robins, uh, and I know a lot of people had Lee County in for good reason, and for absolute good reason. But this is not Lee County's defense. Uh, from last year, especially from two years ago or three years ago. I think that says a lot about both of those teams. Lee County can be had. Uh, Buford would be the team they need to worry about as far as the run game goes because they were gashed on the, uh, on the ground last night. And then Warner Robinson sends a notice that, uh, hey, look, we're, we're the best team in the 5A classification, and you're all chasing us. Uh, staying in here in, in Metro Atlanta, just, just really, really quick, North Cobb putting 40 on North Gwinnett. Wow. It was really, really interesting. Uh, North Gwinnett gives up 40 points to North Cobb when North Gwinnett has three uh, uh, top-flight uh, Division I uh, defensive products, including the McDonald kid, Caden McDonald, who is, I think, 305 on the defensive line. And uh, he set a school record last year. And this is North Gwinnett we're talking about. He set a school record for tackles for loss. So that's a big deal when you put together a number like that. And then down in South Georgia, I'll say uh, Irwin and Brooks getting together. Uh, obviously, that was one of the biggest games across the state last night. And to see Irwin County get another win over Brooks is, is really sort of, it's sort of mystifying in a way, Christian, because you would think that as good as Brooks is, the law of averages at some point would give them a win when the two rosters are so tightly uh, 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 measured against each other. But uh, Irwin sort of has Brooks's, uh, Brooks County's number right now, sort of the way Clinch County used to have Irwin County's number. Yeah, sometimes you get that mental block. Chris, before I let you go, I did want to touch on one more team uh, in 3A. Pierce County, defending state champs, in the 3A classification, I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, wrote them off after the Brunswick game to start the year. And I think a lot of it had to do with people didn't realize how good Brunswick is. And you see Pierce go down big to Brunswick in the first half. They do a running clock in the second half. And so all of a sudden, Pierce starts 0-1. You heard about a running clock. You're like, it's defending state champs. Well, all of a sudden, they've ripped off four wins in a row and have given up, given up 13 points total in those four wins, including three shutouts. They shut out Fitzgerald last night, 17 to nothing. And according to some reports, only gave up one first down in the game. How worried should 3A be right now? I, I heard that number. That's, that's, uh, I heard the same number you did. That's, that's really amazing, one first down in the ball game. Uh, I think 3A should be absolutely worried. We didn't give up on, on Pierce, by the way, for all the, the faithful that are listening out there. Uh, we continue to keep them in, our, in, in the top uh, five or six of, of our particular ranking. I agree with you, first of all, right off the top, especially if D.J. Bell is, is healthy and gets back. For those that don't know, uh, Bell, I think he's a junior now, uh, if memory serves. Christian, you feel free to correct me on that. No, you're good. Team all state, 
Yeah, first team All-State performer last year. He had, I think, 1,500 yards, maybe 1,550, something like that. And I think he scored 15 to 18 touchdowns uh, on the ground. I'm not surprised uh, by the little win streak here. Again, we, we really believed in them and will continue to believe in them. The only thing about 3A, then on the other side, to play devil's advocate, and I'll keep this quick because I know you need to hit the break here. Um, I think 3A is really balanced as well, kind of like the conversation we were having before. Uh, Pierce County, well, we know they can beat Oconee County, don't we? Uh, and we have Oconee County at number one right now. And even Cedar Grove, with all the talent that they have, probably the most stacked roster in 3A, they don't always play the most uh, fundamentally sound football games. They, they'll have a lot of turnovers and a lot of penalties. So I think legitimately right now you could list five, six teams that could win the state title in the 3A classification. And Pierce County is one of them. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't think anybody gets Pierce uh, until November 5th when they have Appling County at home, and that's going to be – a prize fight. I'm looking forward to that one. We got so much more to come here. Chris, we really appreciate the time, man. Uh, enjoy your weekend. Go watch some college football. Uh, we look forward to talking to you soon. All right. Thanks, buddy. Again, Chris Mooneyham, 680, the fan kind enough to join us there. We'll take a quick break. We'll come up, get you a full scoreboard coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Christian Gokel here with the high school football scoreboard. Brunswick with a big 17-14 to 14 win over Glen Academy, that one in overtime, kicking a game-winning field goal, second consecutive city championship for the Brunswick Pirates, and now I believe three years in a row, yeah, three years in a row, that point has that game has come down to three points. Fourth year in a row, it's been a one-score game. It's just another classic there in the city championship before a full scoreboard here. Again, Benedictine gets a big 49-42 to win over Ware County. They split that home-and-home. Ware County with the win in 2020 in Memorial Stadium in Waycross. Benedictine getting the big win there on the one in Memorial Stadium in Savannah in 2021. Pierce County 17-0 over Fitzgerald. Colquitt 53-7 over Northside Warner-Roblins. Appling with a big 41-7 win over Wayne County. Coffee goes 10-7 over Camden in a game that was an absolute slugfest. Irwin County 21-13 over Brooks. Lowndes, 21 to nothing over Valdosta. That loss puts Valdosta at 0-2 in region play. Long County, 38-33 over Frederica Academy. Frederica dropping to 1-4 on the season. Cook County, 41-13 over Brantley. McIntosh goes 32-6 over Claxton. McIntosh now 2-0 in region play. Richmond Hill gets their first win of the season, 37-14 over Bradwell, Effingham, 34 to nothing over South Effingham, and Liberty, 22 to 20 over Johnson. That score, again, from Thursday night. We appreciate everyone hanging out with us today. Again, getting you ready for a big college football Saturday. You have Georgia Southern Louisiana coming up here in a little bit on ESPN Coastal. We'll have full radio coverage for you of that. And of course, Braves baseball coming your way as well as we come down to the stretch, trying to get the Braves into the playoffs currently with a one and a half game lead in the NL East over the Philadelphia Phillies. We'll have full recaps coming up for you this week. We'll get your announcements on the Georgia or the, excuse me, the ESPN coastal high school game of the week. PJ Zuko will be on the call of that as he is on every Friday night. Again, big thank you to Sean Pender for joining us uh, following his city championship win Big thank you to Danny Britt from Benedictine for hopping on the program with us. And, of course, Chris Mooneyham from 680 The Fan in Atlanta recapping all of the news from around the state of Georgia. This is Christian Gokel. Talk to everybody next time.